Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, I'm Alfie Scott filling in for Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. 2023 has been a turbulent year for flying. Between hundreds of people being stranded in Vanuatu last week because of technical issues. Due to mass flight cancellations by Air Vanuatu. We're told the airline has cancelled flights across multiple days, leaving passengers without any way of returning home. Qantas allegedly selling tickets for thousands of cancelled flights. Qantas issued an apology Monday following allegations it sold tickets for flights it knew had been cancelled. And a lot of flight delays. Crowded kiosks, suitcases rolling in. It's the hustle and bustle of Sydney Airport during school holidays. There have been a lot of ongoing problems with flying around and out of Australia. And people are paying a lot of money for the privilege, with international airfares up by more than 50% from pre-pandemic levels. With all of this in mind, you might be wondering how travellers are going to fare over the upcoming holiday period and what you can do to try and ensure cheaper, smoother trips. Today, we're going to look at what has been happening in Australia's aviation industry this year and what consumers can try to do to navigate the chaos. But first, your news headlines for Tuesday, October 3. Firefighters are battling challenging conditions as they fight three out-of-control blazes in Victoria's Gippsland region as flood warnings loom. The largest fire front spans 5,000 hectares in difficult terrain north of Mafra. The country fire chief officer Jason Heffernan saying the next 24 hours will be a challenge with forecasts of wild winds ahead of a cold front's arrival. The front will also bring much-needed rain, but experts say the relief from the fire danger will be short-lived after a very warm and dry start to the season. The New South Wales-Victorian border is expected to be the hardest hit with heavy rains, with moderate flooding predicted for the Mitchell, Tambo, Snowy and Genoa rivers. Early voting is now open across the entire country for the voice to parliament and constitutional recognition referendum. Only some states and territories opened their early voting centres yesterday due to the public holiday in others. But now you can get your yes or no vote in across Australia from today as both camps fight to have their voices heard ahead of your vote. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese joined Indigenous Australians Minister Linda Burney in Melbourne while prominent no campaigner Jacinta Nampinjinga-Price toured regional New South Wales with opposition leader Peter Dutton. The band Midnight Oil led by former Labor Minister Peter Garrett have also released their own campaign video using their song Power and the Passion. Garrett saying, your vote's totally up to you, but don't get sucked in by all the scare campaigns, saying if you don't know, find out. New RBA boss Michelle Bullock will lead her first RBA board meeting today as experts predict rates will be again left on hold. 
Australia's central bank has left the cash rate at 4.1% for the past three months as it monitors the impact of recent increases on inflation. The pace of growth is moderating, but an uptick in the August consumer price index, particularly strength across services and core measures, has injected some complexity into the battle to keep inflation at bay. The RBA is expected to wait for the full quarterly set of price data available later this month before considering any further tightening measures. Former US President Donald Trump has arrived in court ahead of his civil fraud case, claiming the trial is a scam. The lawsuit could cost him control of Trump Tower and other properties, with Judge Arthur Engeren already ruling that Trump committed fraud in his business dealings by habitually lying about his wealth in financial statements, deceiving banks into lending him money and insurance companies for the value of his assets. This is a non-jury trial, with the judge now deciding on six other claims. Trump said outside court that the case was a scam and a sham, reiterating claims that New York's Attorney General Letitia James was heading a politically motivated witch hunt and attempting to stop him from returning to the White House in 2024. In an attempt to make the site as unattractive as possible to those who would glorify him, work has begun to turn the home where dictator Adolf Hitler was born into a police station. Fencing has now gone up around the site in Austria after years of legal wrangling by the government who rented it from the owner to stop it from being misused. It was leased to various charitable organisations but has stood empty since 2011. The owner had refused to sell the property but the Austrian High Court ruled in 2017 the government was within its rights to take over the property. A memorial stone with the inscription For Freedom, Democracy and Liberty, Never Again Fascism, Millions of Dead Remind Us will remain in place outside the house. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. Last week, hundreds of travellers, including a lot of Australians, found themselves stranded in Vanuatu or unable to reach the island nation for holidays after the country's only international aircraft was grounded due to mechanical issues. The Boeing 737 was grounded in Brisbane, meaning that more than 20 Air Vanuatu flights to Australia, New Zealand and Fiji were cancelled or rescheduled. About 800 people were affected by the cancellations, with reports that people were feeling anxious and angry about being stuck. The airline offered customers accommodation and meals in Vanuatu, as well as full flight refunds. But for some passengers, the damage was done, with one travel agent telling the ABC she would never sell Air Vanuatu tickets to her customers again. But the Vanuatu cancellations haven't exactly been an isolated incident in terms of airline chaos this year, and it's not just technical issues driving the problems with flying. Competition and shoddy airline behaviour has also been blamed. Nearly 2,300 flights were cancelled between Sydney and Melbourne in the first six months of 2023. While that number is a lot less than last year, when the Omicron variant of COVID-19 and staff shortages were driving a lot of cancellations, it's 1,700 higher than the number of flights that were cancelled in pre-pandemic 2019. Major airlines, including Qantas and Virgin, have been blamed for the high numbers of cancellations and accused by the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, or ACCC, of exploiting rules around time slots at airports to stamp out smaller competitors. 
A time slot allows airlines to take off at a specific time at specific airports, and airlines can hold on to these as long as they fly 80% of the time, which means that carriers can cancel up to a fifth of their flights and still make sure they're keeping that slot and barring competition. On top of these issues, you may have noticed that international flights have become far more expensive over the past year. Between 2017 and 2018, somebody flying from Melbourne to London and back could get a return ticket for around $1,400. Now that ticket will set you back on average around $2,600. High demand and pilots being behind on flying hours that are needed to pass safety requirements have been blamed for the massive surge in prices. But so has that competition between airlines. In fact, earlier this year, the government rejected a bid by Qatar Airways to double its flight operations to Australia, which could have somewhat eased the problems with high prices. And now a Senate inquiry is underway to try and investigate that decision and whether Qantas's desire to block competition had something to do with it. The ACCC have warned that all of the poor service and high airfares will continue unless the lack of competition against major airlines is improved. The delays, cancellations and high airfares have even driven the consumer watchdog to call for an independent aviation agency to allow consumers to resolve disputes with airlines. So what should we be taking away from all of this chaos? And what can consumers do to try and ensure that their travel, particularly over the summer holidays, isn't disrupted by all of these issues? Robin Ironside is an aviation writer for The Australian. Robin, as a journalist focusing on aviation, you must have had a really busy year. It has been intense, especially the last couple of months. It's been very long days and a very big workload because there's enormous interest in Qantas at the moment and the crises they're experiencing, as well as the issue with Qatar Airways and the flights that were rejected by the federal government and why that occurred. I mean, aside from what is happening right now with Qantas and Qatar, can we talk a little bit about the experience that customers are actually having, you know, when they turn up to the airport? Like, what are the biggest problems that we've seen in the industry over the past year? The biggest issues, I'd say, are flight delays and cancellations. They seem to be the bugbear. They're continuing to be well above pre-COVID levels. So we're seeing as many as one in three flights delayed still. And the cancellation rate ranges between 4 and 5%. Before COVID, it was closer to 2% which is very frustrating for people, even if you do get that text at 2am in the morning telling you that your flight's been cancelled and you've been bumped to another flight. It is very disruptive. I mean, it requires people to change plans, to push back meetings, to, you know, let hotels know or to rearrange connecting flights. So it is particularly disruptive. We are still hearing reports of lost bags and badly damaged bags. So I don't think that issue has been resolved, as the airlines would have us believe. And just getting through to call centres continues to be a source of frustration. And then there's the issue with the travel credits. There's a lot of people that still have travel credits from COVID. I think Qantas is holding about $570 million worth. Virgin has about $400 million worth of unused travel credits on its books. And the reason that they're still there is because they've just been so hard to use. 
people haven't easily been able to use them for a flight or to get a refund. And that's been incredibly frustrating for people as well. Wow. Okay. So there are so many issues to address here, but let's start with delays. Why is it that there has been this increase in delays that doesn't seem to have gone away? Yes, that's a very good question. The airlines would have us believe it's mostly out of their control, but the truth is only about 25% of flight delays are due to weather and a smaller percentage are due to things like air traffic control shortages. So the bulk of the delays are due to factors affecting the airlines themselves, such as unavailable crew, operational or technical issues. We've heard from pilots that things like inexperienced ground handlers mean that it's taking longer to push back airlines. It's taking longer to board aircraft because of the number of people taking on carry-on been a reluctance to check in baggage because of the reports of lost and damaged bags. So all of that is contributing to those delays. And speaking about cancellations, there has been some reporting in the media around why there have been so many cancellations and how it has been related to competition, basically, within the aviation industry. Do you mind explaining that a little bit? Yes. Well, we've heard a term this year called slot hoarding which is basically exclusive to Sydney Airport, which is described as a slot-constrained airport because it has a curfew and it has a flight cap. There are only a number of slots, which are the time windows given to each airline to land and take off their flights. Qantas and Virgin hold the most slots at Sydney Airport and there's a thinking that they're retaining a large number of slots in order to keep other airlines out. And they retain them, but they don't use all of them. So that's why there's quite a high cancellation rate on routes such as Sydney, Melbourne and Sydney, Canberra. The airlines argue that they cancel flights on those routes because they have such a high frequency of flights on those routes. So it's easier to cancel a flight at nine o'clock and then bump the passenger to a 9.30 flight. And they're saying that's not going to inconvenience people greatly, although I'm sure passengers would probably beg to differ. So that's what slot hoarding is. It's basically retaining more slots than they need to keep competitors out. Now, we know that Australians, when you look to international flights, are paying 50% more on average for those tickets than they did pre-pandemic. Is there an end in sight for those high prices? And what's actually driving those prices? Because to me, the layman, I would believe that, you know, it's fuel costs driven by global situations like the war in Ukraine. But is that the entire picture? No, it's not the entire picture. And certainly in the early days of borders reopening, there was very high fuel prices And also there was a lust by the airlines to recover as much revenue as they could. So I think they did take advantage of that pent-up travel demand. People were desperate to see family and friends and they were pretty much willing to pay any price to do that. So airlines took advantage of that and they did jack up prices. I mean, we've seen that in huge profits. Most of the major airlines have in the last year or two reported record profits of billions and billions of dollars, which has been fueled almost solely by airfares. In the case of Qantas, they're making about 18% on every domestic ticket sold 
and about 12% on every international ticket sold. That's purely profit. The fares are not just purely a reflection of inflation, of high oil prices, of higher employment costs. They are because airlines have increased their profit margins. Looking at all of this kind of dodgy behaviour really by the airlines and all of this competition that has ultimately affected consumers, are there any broad scale attempts to actually rectify those issues? Are they being recognised and will they actually be fixed in the coming months? Well, the federal government is in the process of doing an aviation white paper, which basically sets policy for the coming years. And it's been a long time since aviation policy was reformed. So they are looking at things like those slots at Sydney Airport. They're looking at things like sustainable aviation fuel for the aviation industry to try to help reduce emissions. And they're tackling some other issues like the possible need for compensation for customers when they are affected by flight delays and cancellations. So we should hear back from the federal government on that sometime next year. I think it's slated for mid next year. But hopefully, you know, that will lead to some better policy in the aviation space, create more competition and also create a better deal for consumers. The Quickie is produced by myself, Elfie Scott, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyon.